0: Kieran Carey, Kieran, uh, delighted to be back. I suppose uh, you always know when the two of us, uh, two of us, end up talking. We're here inside and Enzo's having chips, or we're here on the podcast talking about hurling, uh, and it's great. In number number one, it's great to be back. Hopefully, we'll be we'll be in for chips soon enough too, when when things open up. But uh, it's it's a strange one, Kieran, in that I suppose the All Ireland final was played back in December. We haven't had any hurling since, and here we are looking down. The barrel of the inter-county season again, as as it's about to kick off this weekend.
1: Yeah, great to have, great to be chatting to you, uh, Raphael. Didn't see you in a while. And I suppose you're playing down the chips because we don't have chips in Derron, as you as you rightly know. It's usually a, a bucket of curry and a, and a bucket of chicken as well. And confidence, you dad And the J is usually spoken in there as well. Yeah, it is. It, come here. It's after going very quick, and I suppose it wasn't too long ago. The big topic of the conversation was how many All South Limit were we going to get. I don't think I was speaking to you since, and uh, that's a lot, that's too long ago. And I suppose we got nine. And I suppose I would have been hugely touting for William Odono 10 and possibly Barry Nash as well. I think I need to get that in there. We were extremely unlucky. I probably felt really myself personally. You know, when a team shows greatness, uh, and what Limerick did last year, in, in, you know, as they say in the soccer terms, they did the triple, the league, the Munster Championship, and the All Ireland. You know, I believe you must reward a team. And you must reward players for greatness. And I know how difficult it is to pick a particular team. But I have to say, Willem O'Donoghue Baron Ash, without a doubt, in my opinion, were very, very unfortunate they didn't get picked. But as you rightly pointed out, yeah, Saturday night, Limerick and Tipperary, Gaelic crowns. Okay, it's great to have the games coming back. But what relevance does it really mean this Saturday night? I suppose that's what I'm reading between the questions you're asking me. But I suppose only time will tell. I think the league really is is, is is a very poor secondary presently at the moment. And and I suppose from a Limerick point of view, really, because, you know, John Kiley came out during the week. He's picked from a pool of 38. And whereas him and his backroom staff probably might want to take it handy enough, any player that gets the green light and gets a jersey on that given day, they'll want to show what they're made of. So, you know, unfortunately, Limerick, you know, either way will be going, going out guns blazing I imagine and any player that will be playing will want to show John Kyle what
0: Yeah, no Tipperary team <clears throat> excuse me as of yet but uh, the Limerick uh, 26 matchday squad uh, Nicky Quaid in goal Aaron Costello, Sean Finn Richie English Dermot Burns Kyle Hayes Barry Nash Willem O'Donoghue and Darrow Donovan at midfield Tom Morrissey David Reedy and Conor Boylan make up the, the half-forward line. Adrian Breen, Sheamus Fannigan and David Dempsey, the inside-forward line. Barry Hennessy, Jerome Boylan, Peter Casey, Ronan Connolly, Josh Considine, Gerald Hegarty, Keen Lynch, Darren O'Connell, Brian O'Grady, Mark Quinlan and Brian Ryan. Um, we also saw, I suppose, the addition uh, earlier in the week uh, to the squad of Tom Hayes, um, uh, Cahal O'Neill and uh Cocklan from Barry Brown. so yeah the John Kyle I suppose starting to mix it up again like like he has done over the last years and bringing two three new faces into the into the panel every year to start fighting for places and start putting pressure on fellas and it's a formula that has served him well uh here at Fork here on and again look looking at what he's trying to do in this first match against Tipperary it's very much a case of I'd say just let let, let these lads out and let's see what they can what they can do there's a, a good few positional changes as well uh, you know Kyle Hayes moving to 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 um to number 6 uh, you'd imagine that Kyle Hayes has probably been uh, groomed for that number 6 slot when when Declan Hannan uh, decides to to hang up his boots
1: yeah and I suppose I got a bit of stick at the start of 2018, before there was any ball turning, in, I was touting for him for six, but I was a bit premature. Thank God I was, because Declan Hannon has been outstanding from that time to now and has led, led Limerick to two Super All-Irelands. But yeah, no surprise to me really seeing Kyle Hayes actually going back last year, number one, how well he did, number two. And I suppose staying with Kyle Hayes, he's the type of player really, and you couldn't say this about too many players, myself personally, I'd be confident if he was three anywhere in the half back line anywhere in the half back, half forward line he's he'd more than hold his own, and I suppose and when you go back to last year and see how, he's, how he played, you know he was centre forward in eighteen he was half back last year uh, uh, Barry Nash wasn't in this, uh, wasn't in team in eighteen he was corner back and you know I did I just looked at the both teams the other day and every line was tweaked within some shape or some form bar the full forward line, and you know you have to do that and going back to the four players that are after coming in Young Cochrane as you rightly pointed out Young Hayes Barry Murphy from Doone with a very good year and you know it was just a matter of time and it was inevitable Cahill Neal was going to come into the scene and uh, you know and I suppose the trend looking at the players the last number of, year, of years you know how slow and they're right they're having a bit of patience and kind of get them into the system get them to train the train regime and blood them in nice and slowly, but Colin Neal is slightly different. He's a guy you know that could that could take a bit of action in the coming season, you know. So he'd be one to watch out for. And I suppose John Kiley going about his business and the management in the team that they picked this Saturday night, they're dead right to go with that team, you know. And even having said that, it's a very strong team that's still put out.
0: Yeah, it is. I, I I don't think I don't think there's any such thing as a weak limerick team at the moment with the with the with the level and the the depth of talent that's there. Uh, and again, you know, with the format of this league this year, with you know, it's he it has basically amounted to a series of, of of challenge matches, really. To be honest with you, and I think only with the the relaxation around the rules around challenge matches um, in the last week, it really meant nothing because teams hadn't time to prepare or to organise any games. So kind of this is our this is our pre-season really in terms of of getting guys up to up to speed mm-hmm. from a match match fitness point of view but i, I don't think the inter-county managers will mind that Kieron. you know it's a, it's almost like a semi-competitive competition at this stage but they will be using it as the as the barometer or as the as the measuring stick to see where guys are heading into the championship and you remember as well there is no turn there's no they're not going from league back into you know club month in april and then back into championship again in May this is league and a very short turnaround to championship again so you know in one way the league is 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 maybe diminished in terms of it being a uh, competition but it may it may be enhanced in terms of the fact that you know you have to get it right here because there's no break there's no club action and it's straight from this competition into championship you can't really afford to stutter your way through it either
1: no without a doubt and you know and if you look at and if you look at the format ahead this time last year and I suppose it was true default because of the, the epidemic. You know, the whole championship has started and ran off in the space of about six weeks. And I suppose prior to that, it was probably a six or seven month job. So from that res- from that respect, it was huge learning. You know, it can be done in a shorter span. And as you rightly pointed out, you know, I, I see the league presently at the moment. Uh, I just see it as a dress rehearsal, number one. It's an opportunity to get the squad together, number two. And, uh, you know, no better place really to see what a player really is made of. Uh, you know, probably give them a test, taste a of the game time. See what he's like under a bit of pressure. And I suppose the big one really, when you look at the modern game, it's all about your first touch. You know, it's holding on to the ball, retaining possession. And if your touch is good, you won't give it away because every little mistake is pen- penalised. And it's given John Kiley, you know, a chance to bring them all together in every league match uh, because, to be fair, you know, the modern inter-county player now, both football and hurling. you know, are a natural athlete, and they're training uh, to maintain the strength and condition that they already have. They all would be on individual programs. They all would be doing their own thing for the last number of months. But this is a just a chance to get together as a group, a little army, you know, let's build a bit of on and get a small bit of momentum going, even though we're under strength here and there. But, you know, we can still put it up to whatever team is put in front of us, even under strength. And I'd say that's what they'll be looking for.
0: And speaking of the teams that are put in front of them, um, Tipperary on Saturday evening, uh, you know, regardless of what people say, this is a Tipperary team that were were Ireland champions in in 2019. That's only, you know, only two years ago. And, you know, I don't buy into this thing that, uh, you know, Tipperary you don't win All-Irelands by being a bad team or you don't win soft All-Irelands. I don't care what format it is or how it works out. You know, at the end of the day, if you win in All-Ireland, you deserve one, you know. And and, and this is a temporary team, I think, that have got the potential to cause Limerick prob- problems if they get it right. Good show you a crop of young lads coming through there as well from under-21s who've been relatively successful in recent years too.
1: Yeah, they have. And I suppose I watched them closely last year. On a good few occasions. And as you rightly pointed out, they're All-Ireland champions two years ago. And, uh, you know, you, you know, no, no inter-county Hurling team wins in All-Ireland handy. But I suppose it was made that bit handier when Limerick were knocked out in the semi-final. You know, they knew they'd measure Kilkenny. And I suppose Limerick uh, went about their business last year a few times in the Met Tipperary and they kind of let them know if they met him in the year before. That's exactly what would have happened as well. But... I don't see Tipperary being the force that they were in two, uh, two years ago or three or four years ago. I see Liam Sheedy now is probably in the middle of rebuilding again. And, uh, you know, and that's fine. You have to rebuild. You have to start. But when you're rebuilding and starting, you know, it, it, it's not going to click. It's not going to happen straight away. So it just gives other teams a small bit of breathing space. I can't see him or I don't see him being the force as powerful as they were a good number of years ago. Uh, In time, possibly two to three years ago, they could be exceptionally strong again. Only time will tell that. And, uh, you know, Liam Sheedy, as you rightly pointed out, you know, the Super Under 21 team. And, uh, you know, he introduced those guys kind of late in the championship last year. Didn't kind of give too many of them game time in the league or earlier on the championship. But as the year was going on, he probably, I suppose, he was kind of backed into a corner that he had to play them. And a few of them did come up trumps. So it'll be interesting to see how many of these young guns he's going to, he's going to give game time as the year progresses.
0: Yeah, I suppose if you look a bit further down the tracks, Kieran, after this league competition and you look at Limerick's first, um, first championship game, which is Cork, and you know, having watched a good share of the Cork Club Championship last year, a very competitive Cork Club championship, you know, uh, with it doesn't seem to be the kind of the the kind of maybe three-team stranglehold that there would be in the Limerick championship. There seems to be more variety with teams who can beat each other down there, but has that translated into a more competitive Cork intercounty team, Kieran? Or where do you think Cork are at? looking down the line to that first championship game against Limerick. I mean, we saw the 2019 opening round of the Munster Round Robin when Cork came up to, to the Gaelic grounds and did a job on Limerick, uh, who were All-Ireland rating All-Ireland champions at the time. So, And I think you go back to the previous year in 2018, and there was a Kyle Hayes' heroics in the last minute to rescue a draw blow on Parky Creeve in that wonderful summer evening. But they, it's a Cork team that, regardless how much people write them off, they can cause Limerick trouble on their day.
1: Yeah, they can. And I suppose they're the only team really that I'd probably pick that would have the ability to cause Limerick trouble. But as you rightly pointed out, on their day. And I suppose the issue I have a car, as you rightly pointed out, two or three years ago, I did see him very strong. Okay, they had the new manager in. A few players kind of after, kind of retiring or told to retire. So that tells me they're in the middle of rebuilding also. So I certainly don't see them the force as there were a good number of years ago. I think Limerick have learned since then, they do know they have a few quality forwards, and uh, they do know that they have a few players that possibly could hurt them. And if those guys are probably babysitted on the particular day, you know, they're not going to be really hurted in any other, in any other areas. Whereas two or three years ago, I would have been nervous playing Cork, now presently in 2021. I wouldn't have the same nerves tomorrow morning for playing them, and that's even in championship.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, the the um, the draw obviously for the Munster Championship uh, sees Limerick pitted against Cork in the uh, in one semi final with Tip awaiting the winners of uh, Waterford and Clare in the other semi final. Kieran, who who do you think is most likely to put it up to Limerick in that Munster Championship if you were to pick a team?
1: I suppose. Uh... What I can really go on, Raphael, is what I saw last year. I haven't, obviously, no one has got the opportunity to see any team presently. And, OK, there's obviously plenty talk about the Clare issue down there at the moment. There was a bit in Cork, small bit in Tipperary. And even though that's going on, you know, I, I'd be hoping that wouldn't be going into players' minds, and I don't think it will, but just this outfit. The only team that I, that I can see in Munster... You know, probably probably giving Limerick a game of it at the moment because I'm not convinced what I saw last year out of any team that are capable, first of all, of putting a system in place that can rattle Limerick's system and they can dictate their own system after that. I'm not convinced of that yet. I haven't seen it. And I'm, I'm going on the matches that I'm going, going to see myself. But if I had to pick a team, I'd say Waterford, Waterford possibly shoving it on them and Cork could be dark horses. They're the only teams and, you know, and even at that, Limerick would, would, would want to be having a very, very poor day. And in fairness to Limerick, they've been very consistent since 2018. I think there's only one match in particular that I can think of where they where weren't off the blocks early, where they weren't, weren't fully tuned in, uh, where there might have been a few little mistakes made on line. And it probably cost them for a finish. And that was the game against Kilkenny, listen to if I'm the semi final the all Other than that, they have been on any championship game from start to finish.
0: I suppose, Kieran, you go outside of Munster then and you look at the teams this year, Wexford, Dublin, Galway, Kilkenny, uh, from, from the Leinster side of it, who are the, the protagonists or who are the pretenders there who you think could, could cause Limerick trouble? I mean, we saw the Galway game last year. You know, Limerick did enough to just about keep them at arm's length, you know, for, for, for the majority of that game. They were they were like a boxer who was, who was content to win on points, really, without ever going for a knockout punch.
1: Yeah, and come here, that's the way I view it myself. You know, they, they did enough on the day. Any time there was a small bit of a squeeze put on, on, on that day, Limerick automatically were able to go into another gear and kind of just get themselves out of a bit of pressure at the time. And, uh, you know, and I suppose from the neutral point of view, it looked at Galway possibly that bit closer than they were. But I suppose Galway would be the obvious ones that you would pick. You know, there's a lot of speculation about Dublin the last number of years that they're coming, the great pick and the great selection. And, but, you know, still hot and cold, not coming and haven't and haven't really, haven't really delivered what they should be delivering really because of was a savage team. Savage pick have the potential to be very good. Probably Rattle Limerick there two, three years ago in the league game, right? They appear to be organized, but you know, I haven't seen it out of them since. And uh, you know, Kilkenny is Kilkenny, they're going to come. And the one thing you know, what will definitely be in view when they're playing Kilkenny, you know, Kilkenny will go to the bitter end, but I still think they're possibly lacking a bit of smartness in the modern game. And I don't I don't see him as the threat as they were. You know, I myself personally I have serious time for Kilkenny. And, you know, as I said, I'm only giving my view and what I've seen in the last one or two years. And that's how I see it. Uh, you know, being honest, there's only one team that can catch Limerick this year, Raphael. That's Limerick themselves. Uh
0: Kieran, looking at the Limerick team for the weekend and I suppose you look at a guy like David Reedy, who's had you know got more game time last year, and who's kind of building his game time within uh, within the Limerick squad. You know, he he's a guy that we expect we have expected a lot from over over the over the last years. And this is this is you know he's going to get some more chances again in this league campaign. Are as are plenty other players. It'd be interesting to see. You'd you'd like to see him kick on again this year. He he did have some good contributions last year. Uh, and, and he's a fellow I think can uh, can be uh, can be a useful addition for Limerick and a, and a more frequent addition for Limerick going forward.
1: Yeah, he, he's a player I, I have a lot of time for, and I had him uh, with Limerick 21s in his last year, and uh, you know has all the attributes, has ability, and, and I suppose just he probably he probably tries over tries too hard, and you know very honest player. Uh, looking at him at the games, he's got. You know, he's got plenty game time, has plenty opportunities to score, and uh, probably not taking the opportunities if the truth be known. And he and, and in fairness to the management, the right to stick with him because he has something. But what's going to be very interesting, really, the coming season, in my opinion, when you see Barry Murphy back in the fray, when you see Cottle uh, uh O'Neill also waiting on the wings, right? So automatically The likes of Pat Ryan, the likes of Peter Casey, the likes of uh, uh, David Reedy. And, you know, they will be watching and waiting and watching the progress of these guys. Because when you look at our bench in 2018, I was probably more convinced in 2018 of the bench that they were coming on. They were almost guaranteed to deliver. Versus last year, okay, it was a bit of huffing, a bit of puffing. I suppose it wasn't as convincing as it was in 2018. And to be fair, you can take Paddy Lachlan out of that because any time Paddy Lachlan came from the bench, he always delivered the goods. And you know, Paddy is after kind of slipping away from it for his own personal reasons, and probably you know would have been would have been possibly or probably most consistent sub anytime time he was used at Limerick, because I thought he did exceptionally well all the time. So he is going to be a bit of a loss because he was an automatic choice anywhere in the half-back line. And uh, so it, it'll be interesting up front uh, how our bench will do the coming season because even though it did well enough last year, I still feel the 2000 and bench, when they utilised it in 2018, possibly was more con- more consistent, I felt.
0: Yeah, I, I I'd agree with you with that, Kieran. Um, other players, if you look at that inside forward line this weekend as well, it's it's a uh, you know you know the, the Glads, lads, uh, Adrian Breen and David Dempsey. Again, interesting to see what this brings, and 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 again, we'll put pressure on. On, on the guys who are going to be in the substitutes bench this weekend. So it is, it is all about generating that competition, seeing what options you have off the bench and, and knowing what you have in reserve. But, you know, those guys have been at the pinnacle of the club game in Limerick over the past years. I know Adrian Breen has been unlucky with, with injury as well, but you know, that inside forward line is capable of causing problems for anyone.
1: Yeah. Without a doubt on, on paper, it's lethal. And you know, David Dempsey, a bit like David Reid, you know, has, has got chances. And, you know, I believe there's plenty good enough for it. But just, you know, and I, and I suppose you can be talking uh, about that, about a player for, for, for a good number of years. But, you know, when push comes to shove, you know, when you're given the jersey and you cross the white line, okay, obviously there's a game plan. You have to implement that. And I suppose, you know, you have to kind of counteract that with your own type of style that you would usually have played And they might be finding it difficult to kind of for that transformation. And, you know, but Dempsey has it too, but, you know, David really also has it. But I suppose their next step really is, as far as I'm concerned, you know, on the big day, they have to go out and deliver the goods. And I suppose they have to do that for about three or four games in a row before they can kind of say, yeah, you know, they're in the mix.
0: Super. Uh, just before we finish up uh, prediction for Limerick Tipperary this weekend or should I even ask you
1: yeah uh, come here listen we don't know what Tipperary are going to come at we don't know their frame of mind obviously if I was a Tipperary man I certainly would be feeling the hurt and the scars of the trouncing that Limerick did in us this time last year even though it's the league I would be doing my level best to come out and send out a message even that being said I still think Limerick have enough on the night, what they've picked with and their bench possibly to get a win.
0: Kieran, uh, no plans for uh, Patrick Swell to join any super leagues or anything like that that we haven't heard about. Or there's no um, no no announcements from any of the chairmen out that side of the out of the county.
1: No, but I believe that's at o- offership level, and I'm led to believe the Piercey chairman, Patrick Swell chairman, Kilmallock chairman, Adair chairman, Doon chairman, and Kilmallock chairman and Belly Brown chairman. I believe they're all meeting nice and quietly this weekend at the Rayco Hotel and seeing what's going to happen going forward.
0: Right, Ciarán, well, we wait to see uh, plenty of TV money swishing around for that uh, for that Super League, I'd imagine. Ciarán, uh, obviously, with the pandemic and the heightened awareness of the importance of mental health and of people having options to, to seek help if they need it, you, you've... Taking a step into the into the business that you are, we all know that you are obviously were working in it and are working in it. But uh, tell us about your new venture and uh, and I suppose how it's been going and the importance of uh, of people knowing that there are services out there to connect with if they do need help.
1: Yeah, thanks for that, uh, Phil, and give me the opportunity to have a small chat about it. Yeah, uh, I suppose myself a, a man called James Canaan, he's from Tipperary and he's a lecturer in ICAST College he's a doctor, James, Canine. he's a priest, and I suppose we put our heads together and uh, we came up with a, a new service called My Move. And, you know, today there's a huge issues for young people in relation to addiction. And at the moment, many existing services uh, can't cope with already. You know, there's a possibility you'd be waiting for three months, even for assessment, and you still wouldn't be guaranteed a bed. So My Move counselling offers me people suffering from alcohol, drug gambling addiction. And uh, we have a team of trained, experienced counselors who will provide one-to-one counseling to those in addiction, and a special program to family members where addiction is in the home and who need to talk and get help with the effect addiction is having on their their loved ones and their family members. My move also, Raphael, provides help for those struggling with mental health issues, such as depression, and the effects of bereavement and loss in their life. Uh, my move also, counseling service to meet the various needs people have in life, such as challenges, changes people need to make, as well as dealing with addiction. We also provide counseling with help in very supportive way to encourage people to bring about the changes they need at this time. And I suppose due to the growth in mental health issues and addiction, my move combines these to help people to have a better quality of life. So, you know, we couldn't be staffed in a Raphael really at a better time, you know. And I suppose I'm in the, the addiction industry, if you like, for 15 years. I worked four years in the homeless industry, and I suppose I'm 11 years behind in Convera residential treatment. And for the last number of months, I'm kind of on my own in my own practice. And, uh, you know, I, I'd say, you know, if I had to say it's pretty frightening what people are going through, I'd be kind of minimizing it, you know. I suppose we're facing difficult, tough times. And, you know, I think myself personally, we couldn't be starting this at a better time because there's an awful lot of people out there struggling, even outside of addiction, they're struggling in how to cope in life and how to negotiate life, especially in the middle of the pandemic.
0: Yeah, Kieran, I suppose it does, it does put a different perspective on things and it, it can change, I suppose, how you value different things as well. And I think that... I think that the pandemic certainly has given people more of a grounding in in what is and isn't important. And, and, you know, not everyone is capable of of making those kind of uh, those decisions or or figuring those kind of things out. And sometimes that bit of help, you know, is essential.
1: Yeah, without a doubt, you know, and, and, and if you're not equipped with the tools how to negotiate certain areas or certain issues in your life, you know, you are going to struggle, you are going to hit a wall, and, uh, you know, the last thing we want anybody to see is kind of fall into this little hole, uh, black hole, uh, you know. And I did a bit of a research myself in the last four months, and, you know, I'm not minimising or downplaying the epidemic. It is there 110%. And I suppose in the last four months, I know two myself personally who have died from the coronavirus but I could mention 10 people that I know who committed suicide and addiction related, you know, and I suppose the second one probably isn't highlighted enough. And I suppose we're there for whatever people who are struggling and what area, whatever area of their life. And as you rightly pointed out, you know, you know, it's just to provide any ear And I suppose to give somebody an, an invisible toolbox to carry a set of tools that you will be able to apply to your life. And that, you know, please God, you get a small bit of peace, bit of contentment, and a bit of happiness and fulfilment out of life. And you know, that's our aim and that's what we're providing.